Welcome to Attune and Align podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Lavalette, and I'm the founder of Attune and Align, a community for women who attune to the calling of their hearts and take action to align their lives accordingly. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad you're here. On Attune and Align podcast, we showcase the stories of real women who say yes to their dreams and do whatever it takes to manifest the outcomes they want to see in their lives. We hope you'll leave today's episode feeling inspired, energized, and excited to take your very own first step on your own journey towards living a fulfilling life on your own terms. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to my friend, Lauren Benbasat. She is the CMO and co-founder of Realm, a wellness food company changing the way people eat every day. Before Realm, Lauren was the marketing director in the wine and spirits industry. She's a graphic designer, packaging and operations expert, and a freelance artist on the side. Fun fact, Lauren has several wine certifications. She holds a BSBA in marketing from the University of Florida, and I am so glad that you get to hear from her today. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much, Marissa. It's so good to see you and talk to you and and share and explore. It's good to see you today. Thanks so much (laughs) for joining us. I'm going to ask you to dive right in. Please tell us your journey. What was on your personal and entrepreneurial journey that led you to create Realm? And what did you do for work and your career before Realm? Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting is I've always been hard on myself about my past career, actually. But now in this new kind of confident age that I'm in, I have found that my career, although nonlinear, it actually all tied together. I started off after college. Again, you mentioned I was a marketing business degree with a little bit of experience in graphic design. I actually started with a startup company. I helped that product launch to market and kind of learned what it took as a bootstrap startup to put that in. And then my career kind of took a lot of twists and turns. I worked in the wine industry. I worked in the diamond industry. I worked in the golf industry. I dabbled in quite a lot of things. But I think that that has actually now led me to be very quick to change and respond and know all different industries and all different people and kind of led me to where I am now today, which is kind of a combination of creative operations, kind of big vision. I do all of our product development and tasting. So all of these bits and pieces from my past career have kind of like folded up into what I do now, although it does seem very random. Thank you so much for sharing that background. I always think like, as you're telling your story of how it felt sort of like a a hodgepodge of experiences, Mm -hmm. I always think of how the universe has sense of humor with us that like, (laughs) as we're going through each thing, we're saying to ourselves like, oh, this feels so random, right? But then it's like now that you're a co-founder of your own company, it's like, you're able to look back now and you're like, oh, well, you know, in retrospect, it makes sense because here I learned this and here Mm -hmm. I learned this. Yeah. And at the time, like it didn't feel like, oh, I'm choosing this path because I want to get to X, Y, Z. It was more of like intuitive pull, like, oh, something is leading me this way. Like I felt a pull to the beverage industry and to wine and spirits in particular. 
And I somehow, after years of a different path, ended up there. And then I pursued wine certifications. And I believe that that foundation in beverage and wine and food and hospitality and the care for what we ingest and the kind of worldly experience of just food and winemaking led me to actually create a product, although it's more health related, it's all kind of intertwined in like growth and manufacturing and production and good stuff like that. So it's funny. I think if we're all like, look back at our career path, we'll find that bits and pieces of everything really do tie together. Thank you for mentioning in there the word intuition that like each move you made was like intuitively motivated. I mean, let's just call it out from the beginning. Like you have two Capricorns on a Zoom call. And so I think when people think of like of Capricorn, it's like, let's plan everything strategically in advance. But like what actually what you just shared is something different. Could you speak like just a tiny bit more about what does heeding that intuitive call actually look like real time? Like, what does that look like for a marketer or a founder? Could you tell us a little bit more about what that actually feels like? Yeah, I mean, I'm still working on it daily, right? Like to your point, Capricorn, like I want to be like, well, this is on paper. So this is what I'm supposed to do. But I think it's getting quiet with myself more often, which hard to find the space to do that while balancing motherhood and a startup. Um, But I, I found just trusting yourself and the decisions you make are done for a reason. So oftentimes I question that. I'm like, well, am I supposed to still be doing this project or this dream of this business? And like, you know, you question that as you face challenges. But what I always go back to is, well, I, I keep just putting one foot in front of the other. I keep choosing it every day. And that intuitive guidance that's already happening kind of reassures me. And then I'm like, oh no, I am intuitive. I do know what I'm doing because I'm just doing it. You just kind of, I trust fall into what I'm naturally drawn to. Does that make sense? (laughs) Oh, I just, I just got chills. And I mean, everyone knows I'm a note taker. I I take notes while while people speak and I just put trust fall in caps. And I mean, I just, I'm looking forward for people to hearing that regardless of where they are on their journey. Maybe they have to make an entrepreneurial decision. Maybe they have to make a motherhood decision. Maybe they have to make a family decision. And maybe trust fall is a vocab word that we can all be practicing a little Mm -hmm. bit more. I love that. Something else is really standing out to me. Like I, I look for the through line in people's stories. And what I'm hearing a lot in your story is like liquid beverage. So could you share a little bit about the transition from like the wine industry into making smoothies now? I mean, that, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Did your winemaker marketer self ever think that, that you'd then be pivoting into smoothies, something that seems quite different, but it's a beverage. So for me, I, you know, to take it back a notch, I, I run a wellness food company, but I'm all about like living within the reality of our worlds. Like I love wine. I love to cook an indulgent meal, but I also like to get a workout in and have a delicious plant-based smoothie that makes me feel good. That foundation of my personality was there when I worked in the wine industry. It was there when I was three years old and I started as a ballerina. Like, so I was a dancer and athlete first and foremost. I'm a creative, I'm an artist at the foundation. And then I'm also this neurotic Capricorn that has a high career (laughs) passion and growth and, you know, expansion. But 
that was the foundation first. And what happened is I got this degree. I moved to New York City with no job, actually just had a dream to go there. So again, trust falling into, okay, something's pulling me there. And I know that this is going to expand myself and my career and personality. So I want to go. I just went and figured it out. But with that shift, I went from being super active and eating really well and living in Florida and having outdoor space to being in a city at a desk all day and then having to go to wine and dine evening events, which sounds glamorous. And it was, and it was so much fun. And I loved that experience and wine certification, but then my health was suffering, right? Like I wouldn't eat all day because I'd be stuck at my desk and I would be running around to meetings and I was just depleting, depleting, depleting myself. And as we get older, it it hurts more and more. So I was having cholesterol issues. I was having high triglycerides, even though I was exercising, I wasn't fueling my body right. And I knew enough given my awareness of my body and, and health and priorities as a child and growing up in a healthy household to know that like I needed something quick and easy and nutrient dense. And what better than a smoothie, right? You can literally jam pack it full of everything you need and just slug it down. But then there's the part of food that is, it needs to make you feel good and it needs to taste good. And I wasn't the type of person to just eat another granola bar or like another like crappy ready to drink protein shake. I wanted to enjoy it even though I was busy. So that kind of was the foundation to what started realm. It was like, how do we translate convenience and delicious anywhere? So yeah, I'm not <laughs> disjointed, but somehow goes together. <laughs> I'm nodding here with a big grin on my face. I mean, I'm a huge fan of realm smoothies on the go. It's really resonating a lot. Like in my role as yoga teacher, it's like, obviously I need to have my energy up and I need to be fueled but I also don't want to eat anything too heavy before class, right? I want to keep my energy right. I want to be able to move about the room with ease and help others. So my cup needs to be full. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No pun intended there. Yes, pun intended there. So I love the bold cacao. That's my favorite. I'm a chocolate monster. So it gives me the energy I need before going into class without feeling weighed down. And as much as I try to avoid eating on the go, like that is happening in the car. So that that shaker bottle is a lifesaver. So I actually keep the packets in my car on the car door. I do have to make sure I have water with me, which I always do. And then I have the shaker bottle. So there we go. I love that. Can you tell us more about the women on your team at Realm? And mm-hmm. like, also, can you give people an idea of, of the size of your team? Because I think people assume certain things. And right. I would just love to hear a little bit more of the daily ins and outs of mm-hmm. your, your women-led, women-run team and, and how that serves your customer base of women. Yeah, please tell us. Absolutely. Well, I want to note too what reality seems and what you perceive. I think we look at a lot of businesses on Instagram or just Googling and you think, wow, they've got it so together or they're like, you know, well-funded or this whole team. You never really know what's going on, right? We started completely bootstrapped. I was working on these recipes Years and years ago in New York City, Elise, my co-founder and our CEO, we were good friends actually. And she was running a tech startup 
killing it. She is a rock star. She came from the finance background, running this tech HR platform. I'm developing this concept on the side, like no clue what I'm doing at all. So we can rewind all the way back there too. Kind of approached her and I, again, back to that intuitive ping. Like I admired her. I knew that she knew what it took to grow a startup. I was definitely figuring it out, but I was like, I need that wing woman. I need that support system. I am the first to admit that not one person can ever do it on their own. It takes a whole tribe and a village to raise a family, raise a business, run a household, have doggies. Like you need support. We all do. So I knew that from day one that I needed not only a female counterpart, but also an amazing team and when I could afford to. So I did approach release and I was like, I know this is wild, but if you ever want to come join another startup, I'm here and I would love to have you. And she was actually, you know, coincidentally and universally aligned that she was in the process of her selling her company. And she took also a leap of faith over to me. And we've just kind of been at it since. We've really built this foundation of a company on like understanding balance and lifestyle. And yes, it takes hard work and grit and a lot of challenges. But if you surround yourself by people who genuinely care and want to be a part of something bigger, you can achieve it all. So we've been so lucky to attract amazing women. So we are, as you said, we're a fully women-run team. It is just four of us actually that are full-time right now. So we are small but mighty. We have, of course, we work with some amazing consultants and part-time people. And then we're so lucky. We have this incredible network of dietitians, nutritionists, and wellness experts that we have also gotten to be a part of our community. So we're, I would say our community is loud and we're big, but the team that's actually running the day-to-day is small, but like extremely passionate. So we've got big dreams for the few years ahead. I could see this team, you know, doubling, tripling in the next year. But yeah, it's just the four of us for now. That is incredible. And I mean, yeah, it's like, I get your amazing newsletters. I look at your amazing website, your amazing social media strategy and the way that you engage with your audience and your customer base. And, you know, I'm thinking like, yeah, this is a huge brand. This is a huge company. And then, and then now like four people, that's incredible. Small, but mighty indeed. Yeah. I'm really excited to see, like you said, in the near future, you know, how you're going to grow and expand in all ways. That's, Mm -hmm. that's really, really cool. That's really cool to hear about the close knit team. Can you tell us more about the women who, who drink realm? Like, what is it? Do you think deep down they're seeking? Like, obviously they're seeking delicious fuel, but like, what else is it deep down that's resonating with them? I think we're all looking for brands and companies that are honest and straightforward. First and foremost, we also just want something to be easy for once, like not just in terms of product, but just like get downloading the information. Like we're fed all of this, like drink this superfood thing. Like it'll change your life and do this diet and do this crazy workout. And like, I think we're all just looking for like, gosh, just give me something simple, reliable, like wholesome and easy and like cut the bullshit for lack of a better word. So the customers we're speaking to, she is, she's on a mission. She wants to live her best life, her best career. She wants to be the best mom she can be, but she knows she needs support around her. So we're kind of here as 
both community brand and product to be that kind of extra layer. Like, Hey, you know, you're having a crazy morning. We've got you covered and you don't have to worry about the nutrition or ingredients in here because we're backed by nutritionists and dietitians and we did the homework for you. You're welcome. <laughs> I have to tell you as a holistic nutritionist myself, like I do scrutinize labels, not a calorie counter ever, but I'm looking for like, I don't want to see fillers in there. I don't want to see like refined sugar in there. And every time I pick up a realm packet, I'm like, yep, this checks out this works. Yeah. you know, you can actually read everything. <laughs> I can read it. I know what it is. Gluten-free is attractive as well. Vegan is attractive. I mean, slam yeah. dunk. And this, like you hit it at the too that we just launched. And this gets into just like being nimble and always be open to change. So we're always taking feedback. We really do care about what our customers are saying. We, as I mentioned, we work with experts like yourself, executive chefs, culinary, you know, experts, PhDs in nutrition, like our customers, our families, like we're feeding ourselves. Like we take all of that feedback so seriously. And we actually just revamped all of our recipes with that feedback in mind. And then launched with this new protein base called Satcha Inchi, which we're so excited about because it is a complete plant protein, meaning, you know, holistic nutritionist, you'll understand that all of the amino acids we need, you don't have to combine it with anything. And comparatively to most plant proteins, it's actually like creamy and smooth. It's not gritty. It's like been a night and day, like transformation for our blends. I feel they're just brighter and juicier and even more delicious. I cannot wait to try the Sacha Inchi. I yeah. like saying it. I'm like I know, right? drinking it. <laughs> I love that. Well, congrats on the complete protein blend. That's really, really cool. I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for that. Tell me more about your personal approach now to self-care and holistic wellness, because your brand is doing a great job of addressing that for the women you serve. So how does that play out in, in your own life these days? So personally, I'm actually working on taking the pressure off of myself on that. I think there's a tendency for the self-care checklist, which can almost be more stress-inducing than just not doing it. I am in a position in my life where like, I'm working a lot. You know, we have a lot to do here. We have a lot of big dreams for the business. I'm also raising a two-year-old. I also have a dog. I have a home. I'm 10 weeks pregnant after a long fertility struggle. So I'm juggling a lot. And there just frankly isn't time in the day for me to take an hour and a half yoga class and go (laughs) on a walk and have a leisurely tea. Like, you know, maybe my past self would have loved to do for self care. So I'm finding that my approach to wellness, it ebbs and flows as all things do in life. And just like giving myself the grace that like, I'm in this period where maybe my self-care is just a five minute meditation, if I can fit that in, or maybe it's just a really good cup of coffee as I quietly check some emails in the morning, like figure out like what still feels good and make those happen. And then obviously do the basics, like please get your eight hours of sleep. Please like keep a bottle of water by your desk and keep hydration going, like check the basics. But if you can't get to all of the million other self-care to-do lists, like it's okay. You're fine. (laughs) 
I just like breathed a sigh of relief when Lauren said, it's okay, you're fine. This is a conversation I'm having over and over again um, with women Mm. in the wellness space, just that the days of the wellness checklist, they feel like they're over. And now finally, we're moving gracefully into the days of like, let yourself off the hook, do what feels good, like do baseline maintenance. But remember that life has phases and stages. And as you said, it's like an ebb and flow. And maybe we're being unrealistic with ourselves if we think, like you said, we're going to hit that 90 minute yoga class every day. Like, really? And and to what end? You know, so oh. mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel better. I feel better after having had this chat with you. (laughs) I do too. Honestly, just saying it out loud of like, hey, um, I didn't get to everything that I wanted to today. But you know, I'm enough. Love Mm -hmm. that. That's a great mantra. Great mantra. Lauren, can we talk more about inspiration? Like, okay, so how do you stay inspired to continue moving forward with your vision? Like, obviously, there's a lot of intrinsic, inherent, innate drive in you Mm -hmm. as Lauren, the entrepreneur, but like what external sources do you derive inspiration from? That's a great question. I'm like, I I think I need to like spend more time thinking about this, but I think that there's something that drives us as a company. Our inspiration comes from how disjointed the food industry actually is. So it's almost like a, a motivation to be part of that change. I think our generation is going to be responsible to lead a lot of changes outside of that. But I think that's more than anything, what kind of keeps me going is like, I see my son growing up and realizing how crucial like food is to his development and his well-being. We made this product for ourselves first and our families first. So I think at the end of the day, that will always be what drives at least the product development side of what we do. But in a bigger picture, yeah, it's just like shaking up the food industry. Like I'm tired of people cutting corners and putting synthetic stuff in to just to like save a couple pennies. It's completely unethical. I feel like such a huge responsibility and it's almost crippling at some point of like, oh my gosh, I, I'm putting a food product out there that people are adjusting every day. That's not something to be taken lightly. So I guess it's not so much an inspiration, but more like a calling of responsibility. I love that. Thank you so much for touching on the idea of like sustainability and entrepreneurship and the development of business ideas. And like you said, the social responsibility, knowing that whether it is an actual food item or whether it's something else that your company produces, like it is being consumed by other human beings. This leads me into one other topic that I wanted to cover with you. What would you say to someone listening who has an idea for either a new business, a new brand, even a new blog. We have a lot of writers who listen. What advice could you share from your experience starting different businesses? And also if you could touch on mindset as well, like just in case someone is not giving themselves permission to move forward, self-limiting beliefs, Mm -hmm. things like that. What advice would you give to the next generation of of entrepreneurs and, and creatives? I think it's that creative energy itself. Just stay curious. Always, always ask questions, be humble. Like not one person ever knows at all. Hence why I brought in a co-founder and I have a team of amazing women from all different backgrounds and different personalities. We challenge each other. We, we push the envelope. And then when one of us doesn't know is we're not afraid to like 
pick up the phone and just start asking questions. So how this business started was I worked in the beverage industry. I had a marketing, graphic design, sales backdrop. I did not know how to start a CPG business, but I figured it out because I was willing to just admit I didn't know something and pick up the phone and just start asking around. I mean, we called hundreds of manufacturing facilities and printers, and we would just start with a simple Google search and call the business and say, hey, can you answer some quick questions for me? So I think that innate curiosity that I have in figuring out how businesses work, I think if you have that and you keep at it, you can do anything. You just got to find the right people to help guide you. I'm nodding and smiling because it would seem like we had rehearsed this question or planted it, but but we didn't. And I'm nodding because that really resonates with my own personal experience. What was it? Wow. More than three years ago already when I decided to pivot from working for someone else nine to five and then playing with the idea of working for myself and and, and starting my own wellness business. Mm -hmm. The thing that was actually holding me back from making the leap was that misperceived notion that like I had to know everything ahead of time before I took the leap. And like now, three and a half years later, I'm just laughing my ass off because it's like Mm -hmm. almost now I feel like I know less than I knew then. Totally. For me, like entrepreneur is just someone who is willing to wake up every day and ask more questions. And as more new, bigger, badder, better problems arise, just be like, oh my gosh, asking again, other people for their experience, their advice, their tips. So yeah, I didn't even really know what I was signing up for. There was some, either some story I had told myself or had been told by others that like, you need to figure everything out before you make the leap. Or like, you need to have some expertise credential. Like I always was like, there's another one. That's I only one. have like an undergraduate degree. Like yeah. who am I? Shouldn't I get an MBA to be able to yeah. do this? Or, yeah. you know, go to Harvard. You know, I, w- I remember going to these like networking events and that was the first thing. Oh, MBA from this school. And I was so intimidated. Like, oh, who am I? Like, I, I don't know any of that stuff. How am I supposed to do this? But yeah, you don't need to know it all. And it just takes intellectual like curiosity and passion. Um, yeah. I went, I went down that rabbit hole. Like I'm at the point now where I'm looking back at like certain like certificate programs and things I did. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, glad I did it, but did I really need to do it? I mean, (laughs) questionable. Well, trust, Um, trust again, that the consistency of those things will circle back. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe it's not in your career, but it's something that we're just genuinely interested in. Like my wine, who knows if I'll use my wine certifications again, but it was something fun and that I was interested in and it was a great hobby to have. So I, I, yeah, I think it's just, there's so much pressure to like have it all figured out or be the expert in every domain before you dive in. I will say to your point of like, the more I learn, the less I know the past (laughs) few years doing this, I couldn't have learned just getting an MBA. Like I have learned so much and evolved so much in my career and personal life that I never imagine. I'm just like, oh my God, if that much has happened in the past, you know, few years, what does the next five years look like? Like how much more am I actually capable of that I'm like limiting myself? So I'm working now on just like letting go and like shedding that self-doubt every day. And being like, you never know. You never know what you could do next and just keep trying. I will say though, (laughs) Becoming an entrepreneur, as I'm sure you can attest to, it takes grit. 
there are many days where you're just like, what am I doing? I am working <laughs> around the clock. Like I yep. just never put it down. It's always on your mind. So mm-hmm. I will say it takes curiosity and it takes passion, but it also takes serious determination Yeah, and looking at, you know, a lot of failures and a lot of roadblocks and mm-hmm. saying, you know what? Okay. Here's another, I can figure it out. I've done it before. Yep. We'll do it again. I'm glad you mentioned the word failure. That's actually one of my favorite words. And actually like with my background in in academia, like that's really the only way students learn, like failure provides you with incredible data sets. You know, I think back to when I was a classroom teacher, like how hypocritical of me to like require my students to fail in order to learn. Yet when I'm considering starting my own business or my own brand, I'm then telling myself, no, you're not allowed to fail. You have to know everything at the outset. So, I mean, right. Looking back now, I can see how those two mindsets don't align. And, and as you said, it's like that grit and how you can never really turn it off. For me, it's been just like, I'm on the entrepreneurial path because of just that internal drive and that curiosity of like, what's next. And like you said, I don't know what's happening five years from now, but I want to show up and be there for it. Like, I don't want to miss it because it's going to be great. Whatever it is, we don't know what it is yet, but. And even on the days that you doubt it, Marissa, you still show up and do it, right? You still show up and do it. But I'm still sitting at my desk doing it. Like, because you're wired to do that. And no matter what topic I'm talking about, no matter who's on the podcast, this is really a podcast about Dharma, like your life's higher purpose. So today's conversation is around entrepreneurship. So yeah, maybe you are cosmically wired to create and bring ideas to life. And so even on the days where the ego has doubts, look at that though, you're still at your desk doing the work. So to your point, like you're still going to show up and do it anyway. Very cool. So Lauren, it really resonated with me when you were talking about the entrepreneur's mindset and how when you are someone who's building a new company, it consumes your being at at all hours of the day, like because it is a mindset and a lifestyle, it's not something you can kind of just turn off. So Mm -hmm. I mean, if you could share a little bit with us more about like the synergy between the challenges that come up with your business and then how does that affect simultaneously like any challenges with work-life balance or keeping time for your family or like balancing whatever's going on at home? Yeah, I think the entrepreneurial journey is deeply intertwined for me with my family life and everything at home. I mean, yeah, you don't turn it off. I'll take a step back to when we were forming the product. I was, as we talked about working in the wine and spirits industry, I am really blessed. We talk about support systems that I decided to take the leap of faith. And this is the reality, like finances matter. I had a husband who was willing to take that trust fall with me, right? So I had that level of support that he was in it with me. That being said, it's incredibly challenging on that home life to have one person pursuing this full force and it have not bleed into other aspects. And then you layer that on top of wanting a family. So when we launched the company, my husband and I also wanted to create a baby. We sadly went through years of fertility struggles. And what 
reflecting back on all of the years of struggles with that and building this business, they're crazy interrelated. And at some point in my life, maybe I'll understand why I'm very much spiritual. And I believe that there are certain synergies that happen in your life and energy attracts other energies. So while I was facing challenges with the business, we were also having failed IVF transfers, male factor infertility. My husband and I cannot conceive children naturally. We, you know, have gone through donors, surgeries, multiple failed transfers. And it was like every single time that one of those things happened, I had some like massive production issue with the business or setback. And I guess it's, it's so important to talk about these things because again, from the outside looking in, you would see an Instagram post and you would think everything's fine with the business and the baby and the family, but there's so much that we're dealing with personally all the time. And that's why I'm really lucky for my teammates in the business that they are going through their personal stuff. And we're always like respective of that. And we give each other time and space. So long-winded answer, but basically I like to talk about the evolution of the business with my journey of a family and how I've, it's a constant work to kind of balance the two and make time for now my you know child that I have is two years old who is a miracle, but also like, it's so important to me that I get that time with him every day. And I, I literally like, I stop the clock at work and I go and I be present with him, even though I feel like I'm dropping the ball in a million things. <laughs> it's crucial. But what's interesting is just talk about the synergies. The month I found out we conceived was the month we actually officially launched the product. And then fast forward to today, the business has changed so much, right? We've rebranded, we've reformulated recipes, we've redone packaging, like we're constantly adjusting and changing. But it's like the business grew over the last two years as my son grew. And then at this other point, we had like a couple challenges that we couldn't push through. So my husband and I were trying for our second again through an IVF process. We did a, a transfer and embryo back in June. Unfortunately, it did not work. And at that point, again, we were like having these weird barriers with the business. And fast forward to August, I'm now 10 weeks pregnant. So very early still, but we tried again. And it was like the week we found out we were pregnant, there was like this sudden shift with the business. And like, we launched the new flavors and we got all these new accounts onboarded. And like, it was like this whole new whirlwind of growth as I was growing my family. So I'm guessing this sounds very like self-focused, right? It's so much bigger and it's my teammates and everybody involved. But to me, there's been this like weird correlation with my life and the business and that energy and what's being attracted in. To answer your question, I don't think that there's ever a right way to balance family and business. I always feel some level of guilt And I think that that is a whole nother conversation around the mother and I guess the woman in general, like where we've learned that behavior and negative self-talk, but something I actively work on is like, just be where you are, like either be at work or be with your child or be with your husband and just don't think about the other stuff for a second. So 
sorry, Marissa, that was a long ramble, but <laughs> it had a lot to say, I guess. No, it was not a ramble. And I was completely dead quiet, which is atypical of me because I was doing my copious note taking. I mean, like all, <laughs> all the nuggets in there. And, and I mean, like, really like be where you are, the art of practicing presence. That is a really, really helpful tip for all of us listening. Thank you, Lauren. Just in that whole response, you really painted the picture of of entrepreneur as human being, entrepreneur as woman, as wife, as mother. And I really appreciate that because again, when we have ideas for a great business or a new brand, we don't see that depicted often enough, right? We see the PowerPoint deck or we see the strategy pitch or we see the funding figures. And it's like, thank you for sharing more about the human the human experience behind the brand. And like you said, it's so important to share that. So if we yeah. did have more founders, entrepreneurs, creative sharing the story of their human experience while bringing their visions to life, then, then maybe that would help give more permission to other women to move forward with their dreams and believe like, oh, this is possible for me. Because when we hear yeah. something that resonates from other people's stories, it's like, hey, maybe I can do that too. So thank you mm -hmm. so much for sharing. Yes. It's also too, like it goes back to take the leap of faith and the net will appear. If you wait for that perfect degree or that, you know, knowing the knowledge of this or that your personal life is just perfectly buttoned up and figured out, you'll never actually do the things you want to do. Like I could have hit a wall with my fertility yeah. journey and said, no, you know, I got to get through this before I can right. start the business. But I, I kind of, maybe I'm, crazy, but I was like, I want both. I want to have a family. Yeah. I also want a business and it might take me longer to get to both, but I'm not just going to give up on my dream just because I'm, of one yeah. big challenge. I'm nodding my head. It's like every woman can relate at some level, even if it's not career related. It's like, how mm -hmm. many times do women say, I can't do X until I figured out Y, or I can't give myself permission to dream about A until I've like cracked the code for B. Like, I mean, it's like, again, it's just, it's just stories that we're telling ourselves while holding ourselves to like impossible standards. Yeah. Lauren, okay. I have some quicker <laughs> questions for you, right? Okay. All right. What's some advice you would give to yourself 10 years ago, 10 years ago, Lauren? Oh man. Again, I think it's just like, trust yourself. You're yeah. on the right path, even though it doesn't seem like it just be. I love that. It's fine. What are you most grateful for? This probably sounds cheesy, but my health, I actually had like a little sniffle cold this week. <laughs> the littlest thing I'm like, Oh, I'm so sick. I hate this. But you know, especially with everything we've been through, like just the ability to move my body and like get up every day and have the energy to be on a podcast, to send the emails, to play with my son. Like I just, I'm so grateful that I have a healthy body. What's your favorite workout? Ooh, dancing. <laughs> I don't make enough time for this, but I mean, I mentioned I grew up as a dancer. I was a ballerina. I did hip hop. I did jazz. I did modern. I did tap. I did ballroom. Like I all of it. all, mainly a ballerina, but movement just feels so good, especially just the freedom and creativity of dance. So I love doing that when I make time for it. Lately, it's just putting on fun music with my son and bouncing around the house. So that's my workout these days. 
I'm wondering if the universe is trying to tell me that I need to figure out how to learn to dance, or maybe it's not even you figure out how to learn. Maybe you just turn on music and move your body. Lauren, like every woman who comes on a tune and a line podcast, like we find out by the end of the conversation that she's a dancer. Even if it's completely unrelated, we just find out, oh yeah, and I've been dancing my whole life. And I'm like, Okay, maybe I should There's try. There's no that. learning how to dance. I know exactly. You, know you just, just do put it. On, you just put do on it. music that makes you move. <laughs> All right. I, I guess I know what I'm doing this Friday afternoon. What's your favorite non-smoothie food? We know you love <laughs> smoothies. But what else are you ingesting? I do, but I'm like a carb monster. So if you put any type of potato in front of me, <laughs> mashed potatoes, French fries, chips, I'm a huge fan of. Of potatoes. Potato in all its forms. Potato in every form. What little known fact about you surprises people? I guess the dancer thing is always like a surprise when I'm like, oh yeah, I used to dance on my toes and I was in the nutcracker and I wore a tutu and that was a big part of my life for a long time. I danced from age three all the way through high school. I was in a junior dance company. I was in a company in college where I self-choreographed all my own shows and did the lighting and costumes. And I was the publicity director and like, it was a blast. I kept it up into New York city, which is kind of adult classes on the side. But, um, I think it always surprises people. And I was like, yeah, I was the snow queen and the nutcracker, like tutu and all. That's so beautiful that that's practice and, and an outlet that has been with you your whole life. Mm-hmm. Lauren, thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast. We really appreciate you sharing your experience, your love, your time, your energy. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. It was an amazing hour. I'll close this out. This has been a Tune and Align podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our conversations. And more importantly, thank you for taking the time to tune into the power and possibility of your own dreams. We'd love to hear your questions and engage with you over on our socials. Follow Attune and Align and post your questions for Lauren and for our respective communities in our feed. Tag us whenever you're taking action to attune to your heart and align your life using our hashtag Attune and Align. We can't wait to see what your heart will ask you to do next. My name is Marissa Lavalette, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking this time to get clear on the things you want to manifest in the life of your dreams. A woman living a life that aligns with her soul creates a powerful ripple effect in her relationships and in her communities. When you live your best life and share your unique gifts, you give permission for others to begin to do the same. Now go shine your light.